get into the Word of God today, guys. I'm excited to bring this message. Look at this, guys. Today we're going to talk about the value of a sign. The value of a sign. What are, what are some, look at some of these labels over here. No Do any of those look a little bit important? Anybody, anybody, anybody like warning signs? Huh? Anybody like a warning sign? You ever been in the ocean? You want to know if there's sharks out there? Is it a good thing? No. No? Yeah? Okay. It is. It is. Anybody, anybody like the fact that like when you're messing with some electrical stuff, they let you know that if you touch the wrong thing here, you could die? Isn't that kind of important in life? You tell the story about the desert again. Not a sign. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. It was a good warning sign. Now, is anybody is there anybody like me who, when they were younger, didn't even care about warning signs? Anybody? Anybody? Yep. Yep. There's some kids. They're raising their hand. Awesome. Awesome. This is going to be for you guys. This message is going to be tailored for you guys to just raise your hand because we're going to talk about today the value of a sign. We're going to talk about the importance of a sign. Sometimes signs are a good thing. Right. What is a sign, guys, that you are really grateful that you've seen? Can anybody think of a time when a sign saved you some pain in your life? Never. Never, not once. <laughs> Absolutely so never. you never once uh, stopped at a stop sign? No. Ooh. Ooh. Zane's got you. Zane's got you. What, what about like weather warnings? Anybody ever had a weather warning? The do not enter sign. Yes. Oh. Today that helps you. What happened? Ooh, he went down the one-way road. Guess what, guys? I was actually going to talk about one-way road in my in my illustration because that's pretty important. If you're ever downtown in Detroit driving around some places. Like, you can get stuck in a bad situation if you're not paying attention to the signs that are around you. Josh, Josh got stuck on a one-way street going the wrong way today. He's lucky that he wasn't in a bad time and he could have gotten into a car accident and told your car. Signs are important. Signs are important in life, guys. I'm a welder by trade. That's what I went to school for, was to be a welding fabricator. Does anybody know the most dangerous job in the world? Anybody know what it is? What? Welding. Welding is the most dangerous job in the world. That's why I chose it. I told you guys. I was really dumb and I didn't care about warning signs. And when I was in college and they were like, you can die doing this? I was like, sign me up. <laughs> it wasn't smart. But I knew I had God on my side and he protected me and he kept me safe. But I've done some dangerous things with, with welding. Like I've cut metal, like seriously, this thick. I cut right through it like butter. I was using a, a plasma cutter. It, it was crazy. Actually, I was using um, arc, arc something. Anyway, it like blew air through this arc rod, and you could literally, you could punch three foot deep into cement underwater with this tool. And and like, the, I remember the teacher like pulled it out, and he like started cutting stuff, and like balls of steel like this big are like flying by, him, like, and he's like, whoa, just cutting through the steel, and he's like, you want to try it? And I'm like dying, like, yes, can I please try this dangerous thing? So I literally had to put on like extra thick leather clothing. And like the whole time it was like getting punched in the chest from all like the steel that was like melting and just exploding in front of me. To me, it was incredible. 
Now, I had a mask on, so I didn't get burned. It was hot, but I didn't get burned. But, like, to see all the light and everything, like, exploding, like, I don't know, to me, it's always been beautiful. That's why I was, like, into welding. But I was very happy that he told me some of these warning signs before he just handed that machine over to me. I was very glad that he was like, no, you can't just do that in your hoodie. You better put some extra thick leather on because I would have burned myself severely. And I have some burns on my arms from when I welded candy well, type feet, on. Feet burns, baby. Those are the good because I didn't, they didn't tell you to wear a jacket. They warned you, wear your welding jacket, and I wouldn't wear mine. So I would end up with a bunch of burns. I got some scars I can show you guys later. But the importance of a sign. How important is a sign in our life? God also thought that this was very important in our life. I talked a couple weeks ago about the proof in the Bible. And I talked about how we know that God is true. And how we know that everything in the Bible is real. And how we can verify that in our life. But there's also... There's also... There's also things that God wanted to make sure that He verified to us. So that we would believe and we would know that He's true. So let's go to the first slide here. This is the first sign... That God, well, the first one that we're going to talk about. In Isaiah 7 and 14, it says, All right, then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So this is the very first sign that we're going to talk about today. And this is a sign that God gave the world. To make sure that we knew that God was real. This was to help us understand how we could get close to God. How we could make it to heaven. How we can live with him for an eternity. And the number one way to prove that was by him prophesying things about our future. And giving us signs to things to look forward to. It would be hard to believe in a religion that didn't and wasn't able to prove itself true. It would be hard for me to believe in a God and believe in a creator and believe in something powerful if I had never been given proof or a sign of his existence at all. So God gave us this first sign here. Look for my child. The virgin will conceive a child and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Go to the next slide real quick. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Because... There's an importance when it comes to a sign. God took that important. And Jesus, in, his, in Matthew 12, talks to us about the significance of a sign. Can you, if you would, can you give me my Bible out of my bag? <sighs> Someone forgot to charge my phone. I don't know why I pay people to do that, but they never do. So I'm done with that. No. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm supposed to do it, and I just forgot apparently. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go old school on this and break out the actual paper Bible. But we're gonna be reading from Matthew in chapter 12 and verse 38 through 45. Anybody know who wrote the book of Matthew? Matthew. Good guess. Good guess. Good guess. That was me just Peter. wasting a little bit of time while I tried Peter. to find him in my Bible. So Matthew 12, 38 through 45. And it's Jesus. Jesus is here talking. Jesus is here explaining to the people. And they come to him and they ask him in verse 38 for a sign. And it says, One day some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, 
Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. But Jesus replied, the only, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign that I will give them is from the prophet Jonah. Now, pastor's been preaching on this. He's been talking about the sign of Jonah. And we've heard a lot of stories about this. But why do you think Jesus responded that way? They say, give us a sign. Why do you think that he uh, was like, you wicked, adulterous generation that would ask for a sign? Anybody got a guess? Yeah? They couldn't just believe. They couldn't just believe. Well, but, but we just read in the last scripture that God himself gave us a sign. So I think, yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah, we just read in the last chapter. A virgin will conceive and be with child. A Messiah is coming. So they've been given all of these signs. All these people have been given all these signs. There's, guys, we, we've talked a little bit about the prophecies about Jesus in the Bible. Now these, again, from our day and age, we look back and we're like, okay, we read, we read the Old Testament, we read these prophecies about Jesus, but we also read about Jesus in the same book. So it seems like it all happened at the same time in our minds sometimes, in mine, at least when I was growing up. So it seemed like it was all during the same, it all happened in the past, but what we don't realize is that between the New and the Old Testament, there was a big break. So it was about 300 years that there was no passages written for the Bible. They call it like the Dark Age. No, it's not called the Dark Age. There's another Dark Age. <laughs> but there's like this dark area there in between the Testaments where we don't get any scriptures. So for 300 years, they were reading these prophecies about this guy who's going to come wrapped in flesh and be God on earth and be with us. And we're going to call him Emmanuel. They knew these prophecies going in. And now he's standing before them, and they're still asking for another sign. Mm. Guys, how many know we don't have to ask God for signs? Like, God didn't say, because you asked me, I'm going to give you a sign. He wanted to give us a sign. God wants to do things in your life. He wants to prove himself true to you. So you don't have to ask God for a sign, because he is proving himself true. But here he goes on to say... But the only sign you will receive is the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of the great whale for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So Jesus tells them, everybody who's like, man, I don't believe in God. God needs to prove himself to me. I don't know if God's real. He just told you guys, I'm not showing anything. I'm not showing anything else to you. Like, there are wicked, crazy people if you think that I've got to prove myself to you. Like so many times I've thought, how dare us as human beings think that God of the whole universe, the all-powerful God, needs to stop what he's doing and come down here and prove himself to me. So many times people take that approach when we don't have to because God has willingly opened and shown us signs and given us things and told us who he is. He sent his son. We, we don't have to ask God to prove himself because he was... Just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, he was in the ground for three days and rose again. We have eyewitnesses. We know that this is true. Historically, it's documented. There was a man named Jesus 2,000 years ago, walked the earth, died, and rose again from the dead. And was seen by thousands of people before he ascended. And that's the biggest proof that you'll ever need. 
That's the most valuable sign that you'll ever get. We can try to talk about theology, and we can talk about artifacts, and we can talk about other things that prove the Bible true all the time. But in the end of the day, Jesus Christ is the only proof that you'll ever need. Him dying, being buried, and rising from the grave. And that's what Jesus is telling them here. He goes on to say, The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for they repented from their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. You guys, you guys ever heard any stories about the city of Nineveh? Like I, my buddy was just studying into it. Nineveh was crazy, bro. Like They used to skin people and like nail the skin on the walls and just to let other people know you don't play games in Nineveh. Like, Nineveh was a wild, wild city. That's why Jonah didn't want to go back there. That's why Jonah was like, I'd rather die in the ocean than go talk to these crazy people. And that's also why Jonah got so mad when God forgave Nineveh. Because he was like, these people are crazy. Like, these people are wild and you're forgiving them? But again... Christ came to forgive the worst of us. And just like one day, it says people who are alive today and don't believe in Jesus, one day on Judgment Day, Nineveh is going to stand up and be like, you guys didn't believe? Like, we had some dude get spit up by a whale, and we believed, and we repented. You guys had a book? You had a Bible? You had a church? You had a temple? You had a preacher? You had the Holy Ghost? And you still didn't believe in Jesus Christ? You see miracles happen around you. You watch people talk in languages that they didn't understand. But you still refuse to believe in me. But Nineveh, Nineveh repented. On the day of judgment. And then it goes on to say, The Queen of Sheba will also stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon... Now someone greater than Solomon is here, yet you refuse to listen. On Judgment Day, Queen of Sheba is going to be like, guess what? I came all the way across the world to talk to Solomon because he was wise. But you guys got the Holy Spirit right here on earth, which is wiser than Solomon's ever been, and you don't want to experience it? And these are going to be the questions on Judgment Day for the people who refuse to value a sign. When an evil spirit... Now listen to this. This is wild. I have heard this passage a lot. I never connected the two that Jesus actually was talking about. This subject, when he quotes this. Because we're talking about people who want a sign and don't get a sign. And this is what Jesus quotes to him. He says, When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest, but finding none. Now, for one, I always thought that scripture said when an evil spirit was cast out. And I thought it meant like an exorcism. I thought like when a spirit gets cast out of somebody, this is what he does. He goes into the wild and comes back. But when you read it in context, that's not what Jesus is saying. He didn't say when the spirit gets cast out of a person. What he says here is when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person that I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter that person, and they live there. 
And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. And that's powerful. Jesus is hitting home. He's like, guess what? This is, this is what it's like, guys. When you, when, you, when, you don't, when you ignore truth and you don't want anything to do with God and you just ignore these signs, right. we ain't talking about you just getting messed with by one demon. Right. We ain't talking about that. That one demon, he's going he's gonna to latch on you and he's going to be like, this is safe. This guy doesn't, he doesn't know the name of Jesus. He doesn't know the power of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't know healing. He doesn't know truth. So you know what I should do? I'm not just going to let him suffer with just lust. I'm going to go get about seven more of my friends. So at first you start off, okay, you just got a little bit of an anger issue. Okay, you got this anger hanging around. But you're not, you're not paying attention to the signs. You're not paying attention to the signs of your life. God's telling you anger is not a good thing. We've got to get anger out of our life. But you're going to let that one hang out because you don't care. You're not paying attention to any of the word. You don't care about Jesus. None of that matters. So you'll put up with a little bit of this anger issue. And the next thing you know, now it's not just anger. Now you've got lust problems. Now it's not just lust. Now, now you're gossiping. Now you're running your mouth about people. Now it's not just, now you're, you've actually committed murder. And you're going to go to jail and you're going to face time over it. And what does every person say that I've seen interviewed for doing a murder? I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, guys. I don't know how I got here. I don't like. I, yeah, it's like a it's like a blur. It's like a vision. It's like I had seven demons inside me, right. running amok, right. Right. and I never seen it coming because I never paid attention to the value of a sign. Let's go to the next slide real quick. Wait, 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 before you do. Let's, let's look at these questions real quick. Let's think about these questions. The people asked for a sign, and what did Jesus say? He tells them, I'm not going to give you a sign. You guys have already got a sign. I'm standing here. This is all the proof you need. And what did, what did he say? Wait, why did he say that? We went through that because he is the truth. He is there in front of them. And what does that mean? What does this mean for us, guys? If Jesus said that to that generation, what does he say to us today? How many times have I heard people in my life say, I just need God to give me a sign. I just need God to tell me this. I need God to show me this. And I'm not saying we don't, we don't seek God's direction. Like, I seek God's direction. I seek the Holy Ghost's direction. Because I believe in Him. Right. I don't need a sign so that I will believe in Him. Because if, if that's what we're seeking for, we've already been given enough. We've already been given, we've been given a Bible. We've been given a true story of a man who died and rose from the dead. Let's go to the next slide real quick. Hebrews chapter 2. Now listen to this, guys, because this re reinstates everything I just said. It's not the right word. I was looking for a different one, but it came out. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Let's look at this. So we must listen... Very carefully. Is anybody listening carefully? I'm gonna tell you guys what. There's a couple places in your Bible that you need to get. You need to like highlight a certain certain couple words in your mind because anytime the Bible says like listener beware or hey pay attention to this or especially listen very carefully or when Jesus says hey if you've got an ear to hear or an eye to see like you better pay attention to this stuff like those are warning signs. Right. Those are letting you know, hey, guess what, guys? You want to pay attention to this. Don't want a chainsaw in an electric storm. 
I like that warning because I don't want to be electrocuted while I'm out trying to cut a tree down. So same thing with this. Hey guys, you might not want to do this. It can cause harm to your life. And he tells them here, listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. Why is it important that we keep reading our Bible? We've gone to, I've read the Bible once. So I don't have to read it no more. I've read the Bible like 40 times. I'm still not done reading it. I'm going to keep reading it my entire life because of this. I want to remember the truth that I heard and I don't want to slip away from it. Right. Next, next slide. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm. And every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. Anybody wonder why life's not fair sometimes? You know why? Because God's just. Right. Right. So, unfortunately, there are consequences in this life. And guess what? We are all reaping consequences of a man who bit an apple 6,000 years ago. So, we have those consequences. But how many also realize that there are also consequences for our actions? Right? right? right. Like, if, if I kill somebody, I'm not going to be a pastor no more. I'm going to be in jail. Because there's consequences for that. Now, God's, God can forgive me. And believe me, I'd be repenting and I'd be trying to get things right. Because even if I'm in jail, at least I can go to heaven afterwards. But there are still consequences on this earth. Like, we're going to face those consequences. So it's important for us to understand the fact that this is true. Every disobedience is punished. Right. Guys, I, I, when you live long enough, you realize nobody gets away with anything. Yeah. <laughs> you see things happen in people's life and you're like, wow, they totally got away with that. They never get away with it, guys. It always comes back to Brighton because of this law. God is a just God. So no matter what, there will be justice on earth. Let's go to the next slide real quick. So what makes us think? So if we know this is true, there are definite consequences, guys, and we understand that. What makes us think that we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was once announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak. Yeah. Think about that. If I'm flying down the mountain and I don't pay attention to the sign that says there's a cliff ahead of me. Right. And I'm, I'm going to fly off the mountain and I'm going to die and pay for it. That's guaranteed. Now, if I'm going to go through life and I'm going to ignore the word of God and every sign that God puts in front of me. I'm also going to go off a cliff, and it's going to be my fault. Right, right. God came to seek and to save everyone. Right. And let me tell you what. If you think that he's just going to give up on you one day, you're dead wrong. Yeah, he is going to send so many signs, one after another, because he loves you and he wants to, to win you. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I've been in bad places in my life where I didn't deserve a sign. I didn't deserve God to step in and say, hey, Dan, you're messing your whole life up. I walked away from a relationship with him, and I've done decisions in my life that deserved consequences. But God still gave me a sign. God still reached down from heaven and said, hey, Daniel, if you stop now and you turn around, I'll bless you, and I'll fix what you've broken. So you're never going to get to a point where you're too far from that. And if you want to run from God your entire life, I know people who, 70 years old, they ran from God their entire life, and he still sent them signs. We know a brother Cotton that got baptized at 80-some years old in this church. His, his wife ministered to him every day. He ignored every bit of it. 
All the way up to the end of his life, but God never gave up hope on him. Let's go to the next slide real quick. Verse number four. And God confirmed. So here we go. This message that we preach, guys, it's not just a message with no confirmation. God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chooses. You guys, I wouldn't ask you guys to believe in something that I didn't believe. I wouldn't sell you guys something that I know didn't work. I need to believe in order for me to stand up here and preach. I can't lead you guys down a road that I'm not willing to walk down myself. I don't really believe in. But guess what? God has given us miraculous signs. How many of you guys know Blake Horn? You guys know Blake Horn in our church? If you don't know Blake Horn, you can get to know Blake Horn because he doesn't live on the other side of the world. He goes right here to our church every Sunday. He's here. So you guys, I want you guys to meet Blake Horn and I want you guys to talk to Blake Horn because I want you guys to ask him about a miracle that just happened last week. I'm going to tell you guys about it. He gave me permission, so I'm talking about it. But he was over a lady's house who was seven years old. Seven, no, eight years old. No, she could have been. He said it was an old, old lady. He was over at her house. Now, she had just got her leg amputated at the knee, guys. She got her leg cut off at the knee. Anybody want to imagine having your leg cut off at the knee right now? I don't. So she got her leg cut off at the knee, right? And it wouldn't heal. She had been home for like six months, and the wound's not healing. So it's an open wound. And they were talking about they wanted to just let it heal. They want to put a prosthetic on her. And then she'll be walking again. But it won't heal. So they were actually scheduling her to go in and take her leg at the hip. Because it's not healing. And this has been going on for months. She had been going to the doctor for months. Now, this just happened two Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago. Blake went over her house to install a handrail in her bathroom. That's it. He was just going over and put a handrail in the bathroom for her. And he said something hit him. And he was like, ma'am, do you care if I pray for you real quick before I leave? And she was like, no, sure. So he stopped what he was doing. He got down. He put his hands on her leg. And he laid his hands on her and he prayed for her. Guys, nothing special. Like, he didn't have some magical words to say. All he did was what the Bible tells us to do. Take a second. Put your hands on him and pray for him. That's all he did. He didn't know it was going to be some big, great miracle. He didn't know anything was going to come out of it. But he knows the Word of God tells us to do that. So he did. He put his hands on her and he prayed for her leg. Last Sunday he called me because she called him right after he got out of church and was like, Blake, my leg is healed. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, no, it, it's a miracle. My leg is healed. And he's like, so. She said to the point where like she us. It's hard to believe. Okay, we hear that. Oh, okay, the lady's healed. Wow. But she's like, no, I didn't believe it either. She says, so I went to the doctor and I literally asked the doctor, is this a miracle? And the doctor said, that's 100% a miracle because it wouldn't heal. And I didn't know what else to do. We were about to cut her leg off at the hip. But because he took a second and laid his hands on her, she's healed. Now, Blake was like, dude, I've never seen a miracle like that. He's like, I've been in church my whole life. I've never seen a miracle like that. Like, this this blew him out of the water. He's like, Dan, I, he, he, was, he said, 
Dan, there's really somebody out there listening. Like, there's really somebody out there who hears our prayers. Like, this isn't just a coincidence. Like, I prayed for it, did what the Bible told me to do, and she's healed because of the power of God. Like, that was a miracle because He chose. Because He chose. We didn't get to choose. Blake didn't get to choose. I don't get to choose. I love to pick healing for people in my life. I don't get to, but I know that God is a healer. His word is true. And if we live and we pay attention to the signs, we treat the signs like they're actually valuable in our life, guys. It will save you from so much hardship in your life. And it will prove to you that God really does exist. So if you guys want to stand with me, Sarah, come come play for a second. Don't mind I got statements and questions if you don't mind. <laughs> How many times do we take the stance of Jonah instead of rejoicing right. in someone's deliverance, right. salvation, healing, restoration? Mm. Because we feel, we now, feel. Now you're going to make me go off on a rant. Like, like they did this. You're right. And that they, don't, you're right. they don't deserve your healing, your, your salvation, your, your forgiveness. We put ourselves in a place of really judgment because Jonah was you rebuked by the Lord. He's rebuked. And guys, what is a miracle? What is a miracle? This is what I was thinking about today. What is a miracle? You might want to just explain to me what a miracle is. Like, well, if you had to answer that, what is a miracle? What's a miracle? Something impossible. Hard to understand that only God can do, right? Right? What? A working of Jesus. A working of Jesus. Very good. Yeah. So it's something incredible that we can't understand, right? Right. So we beg God for miracles that we'll never understand. And then when things happen, we go, well, I don't know what happened. Because it's hard to understand. God, how, how many times do we pray for miracles and we don't get to see what happened in the background? We pray, God, give me protection, God. Do a miracle, protect my family. And we didn't see that five miles down the road, he stopped traffic. So I didn't get sideswiped in the vehicle coming home. Like we don't even see all of the miracles that God does in our life because he does them when he chooses. For our own good. But there are some miracles that we can't get around, guys. There's some miracles that we can't ignore, that we can't forget about. There was a man named Jesus Christ who died and rose from the dead. There are people who have spoken tongues and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Guess what? If you've never spoken tongues, that doesn't make it not real. My son's going to Cedar, Cedar Point this weekend. He's never, he's never been to Cedar Point. He never rode a roller coaster, right? So if we're standing there in front of Cedar Point, then he goes, well, I don't believe in roller coasters. I never rode it. That wouldn't make it less true. Because I've been to Cedar Point, and I've rode on the rides. So I know they're true. I know they're real. And you're not in a room here with, just no, with nobody who's experienced it. You guys are in a room with people who have been filled with the Holy Ghost and spoken tongues. That will talk to you honestly and tell you it was a miracle. And it's proof that God's word is true. And I'm going to tell you what, once you've done it for yourself, you'll never doubt God again. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, guys. It was the confirmation. We're saved through our faith. We're saved through our grace. But the Holy Spirit tells me 
that I'm saved. The Holy Spirit shows me that I'm saved. The Holy Spirit is what guarantees that I'm going to heaven one day. It's a miracle. Because we weren't supposed to. We were fallen. But He made a way. Let's come forward today, guys. If you want to hit the lights, let's spend a couple of minutes, guys. Let's spend a couple of minutes in the presence of a miracle worker. In the presence of a God who loves you so much that He's going to send signs into your life. And He's going to send things into your life to tell you that you've gone the wrong way or when you've gone too far. But guess what? The Holy Ghost is like a, it's like a radio signal, guys. If I'm not tuned into it, I'm not going to hear what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. If I don't turn on the news and find out what's going on, I don't know what's going on around me. If you don't plug in and tune into the Holy Ghost, you're not going to hear some of these signs and warnings that are coming across to you. When God says, you should be here, you should go there, you're not going to hear that voice if we haven't practiced tuning into that, to tuning into the Word of God. So let's just take a couple minutes, guys. It's not long. I think I did good. I think I'm early. A little bit. Thank you. But let's spend a couple of minutes with the one who really is truly good. Let's spend time with Jesus Christ tonight, guys.